Welcome to another episode of I Just Interview My Friends. I'm Jason Chow, and today I'm interviewing my friend, David Moon. Um, and so if you know David Moon a little bit, one of the things you probably know about him is that David Moon really loves cars. Um, <laughs> and in fact, if you go to our church, that there's a high likelihood your car engine oil has been changed by either one of David Moon, by him, David Moon himself or one of his Padawans, including myself. Uh, he is responsible for me knowing how to change my own oil and many other car repair things. Um, so it's this thing that, you know, I think, David, a lot of people know about you, but I, like, I don't even know how you got into it, right? Like, what, what was the first time where you looked at a car and were like, yes. <laughs> I'm going to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, you know, for me, it, was, it started back in, I think, like, 08. Um, and my family's, yeah, I was going through, like, a tough time. And I made the uh, unfortunate decision to buy um, a very unreliable car. <laughs> and uh, Wait, so, how, what, so were you yeah. in, were you in college? Oh wait, were you in college? No, I was in high school. High school. I was in high school. I think I was like a junior, a junior, almost no, senior, going into senior year, something like that. Mm -hmm. Where I had a truck. My dad handed that down to me. It was perfectly fine, and I. All my friends were getting sports cars, so sold it, got myself a sports car, crashed my sister's car, uh, <laughs> actually down the street from where I live now. And then um, my dad was like, I can't afford your insurance. So that ended up having me trade that sports car that I had for a like junky 280,000 mile BMW, wow. you know, 1994. And so... That thing was on its way out kind of thing but you know uh, that's all i that's all we had and I, that's you know i had to make it work mm -hmm. and uh but yeah uh, asking my dad to constantly you know get it fixed for me or like you know letting me take it to the shop and whatnot it was a financial burden and i was just like mm -hmm. man like i'm looking at this guy and it, which was my friend my dad's friend fixed it and i was like man he's just taking apart nuts and bolts and taking out the part, putting the new one back in, and all of a sudden it's fixed. Mm -hmm. So I was like, why can't I do that too? At the time, right, in high school, what did, like, having a car, what did that mean to you? Oh, I was like everything, man. It was like uh, my self-confidence, you know, like, because mm -hmm. I have a, the ride, and, you know, it was like, uh, it was my ticket to freedom. Uh, I have independence from my parents and um yeah it was just something that and also i had influence back then in uh my old church and some also bandmates of mine that loved mm -hmm. cars so it was just like uh, easy and me like all, already having like a handiness to me mm -hmm. i think it led to that like pretty easily mm. was there a mo was there a time where you realized like oh, like, this isn't just me, like, fixing up the cars. This is me, like, fixing up the car, right? Like, I want to go above and beyond just your standard, like, oil changes and, like, you know. Because for me, I'm like, I just want to know how to make it not break down, right? Yeah. Actually, so that, that junky Beamer that I told you about, that thing 
literally I've gotten pulled over and thrown in the back of a cop car because the cops thought I stole it. What? That's how that's how junky it looked uh-huh. and like, pieces missing, seats stained. The rain would come inside the windows. It was that bad. Wow. And so yeah, like I was like, okay, I'm just repairing this thing. Mm-hmm. But then while I was doing that, I do remember like adding like little pieces of accents that I was like, oh, that's tasteful. Huh. I like that. And I was like, you know what? I want to add my flair to it. I'm not just making this back to normal. I want it to be just a little better, mm-hmm. you know, or like a little bit cooler. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still in high school at the time. I'm like, you know, getting ready for college. I'm like, hey, I want, and I, which I took that car to college too, uh, at least the first year. Mm. But uh, yeah, so that you was like what I it was like a source of like your creativity. Yeah, you know, it was my blank canvas. I always thought that. Like, uh, I started from when I was fifteen, joyriding my parents' car. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, but like I was always <laughs> watching it. Yeah, <laughs> well, I gotta I, wait, wait. Joyriding where? <laughs> I was gonna know. You know, like so, my parents had three cars. Right, uh-huh. we had the truck, we had an Odyssey. And then we had like uh, my sister's Corolla, but she was at college, so she didn't need it. And then, um, so yeah, like my parents would take the Corolla because it's more fuel efficient, the truck for work, the Odyssey's there. Oh no, I had, they had the BMW at the time. Yeah, my mom took the Beamer. And so anyways, um, yeah, uh, the Odyssey's just parked there. I'm, I'm a kid that knows somewhat how a car works. You know, and then I was always like, mom, let me just warm up the car for you before you take it out. And so I'd like warm up the car and then all of a sudden I'm pulling it back into the driveway and then I'm taking it around the block really quick. And then before you knew it, I'm gone down the street at my friend's house. (laughs) (laughs) Were your, so were your parents okay with that? Like, did they know? No, (laughs) Like, like, no, they were begging me not to do it. They were like. They're like trying to hide the keys, or whatever, but they knew it just wasn't gonna work. I wasn't satisfied with that. <laughs> I was horrible, man. <laughs> uh, all right, okay. So you got your junker, right? You go to college yeah. and you went to UCR, right? Yep. So you're at UCR, you got your car. So what happened to that car? So that car might actually uh it was there's a story about that one. Uh, freshman year, I had a it was a midterm for, I forgot what class it was my birthday as well though. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to ditch my morning lecture. I'm going to treat myself. It's my birthday. Right. Mm-hmm. So I went all the way down to like long beach area and I was going to wow, get from myself. Riverside. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Just screw it. And then uh-huh. I went to go get some headlights, like um, bulbs mm-hmm. at the time. HID was the thing. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to be blue head. Like I blinding everyone on the road. But like, um, it so happened that as I got off the freeway, I started smelling something kind of like smoking. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as I parked in the parking lot, I see black smoke coming out of the hood. Oh shit! And then I get out of the beach? car in the parking lot of this shop, right? <laughs> and, and I get out the car, shut the door, look into underneath the engine bay, and something just falls and bursts into like fire. <laughs> and I just, I'm like, I'm like, hmm, cool. And so I ran into the shop. I'm like, hey, can you guys like, do you have a fire extinguisher? And then, anyway, we fire department came, everything. I had pictures, what? Dang. And so, anyways, 
I go back to school the next day, I email a professor or whatever, was not uh, at the shop. It's a car shop kind of guy. So one of the guys had a trailer. He was like, hey, I'm uh, like, I'll tow it for you for a lot cheaper than a tow truck would. I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. But there's no receipt. I didn't think about that. Oh. Professor wanted a receipt. He thought I was lying. So I didn't, I got a zero on that midterm actually. <laughs> 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 on my birthday, car caught on fire. And then, but yeah, that actually turned into a big learning experience because again, no money, broke, mm-hmm. right? College mm-hmm. student. I had to learn how to rewire the whole wiring harness in the front end. So of the you car. actually fixed it. You didn't took me like, it. No, it took me like 15 hours or so. And then I, uh, yeah, I like soldered all the wires together, each one, trying to figure out how it works. And then, uh, but yeah, later down the line, my mom was just like, you know, this thing is like the most unreliable looking car that I've ever seen. And she's like, I don't feel safe with you going underneath it. And she's like, here's a little bit of money. If, uh-huh. like, and then put it together with the money you saved and sell the car and then go buy yourself something else. And that's when I got my suit. Right. Do you feel like, because I definitely always have, as long as I've known you, have gotten the feel from you that like, you're the kind of guy that's like, I may not know something, but I can figure it out. Right? Like, whatever it is. I may not know it, but I could figure it out. Do you feel like working with cars was a big part of how you got that, got to that? 100%. Yeah. It's a big, uh, like, yeah, I feel like it was, I tell this to my friends as well. Like, I think it's a great thing to help you gain self-confidence. You know, it's like, um, yeah, literally cars, it, it seems like a very daunting task or like daunting thing, but it's really nothing more than nuts and bolts and oil, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, if you just knew the, know the step-by-step process, you can get on through almost any of it. Mm-hmm. It's just a little messy or, you know, a little cleaner sometimes. But yeah, that helped me to like gain that confidence to go, you know what? Like there's somebody that's put this together. That means I could do it too. And yeah, you just need to know how. And I had a lot of good support, a lot of good like teachers that taught me, mm-hmm. a lot of good friends that stuck it through the long, you know, nights of uh, just working and wrenching and the like. The, the, like I, and <laughs> I thought I thought it was going to take an hour to fix, and we're in like hour nine. <laughs> oh, we that's that's um, that's also a hundred percent of the time. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, okay, so when you got the new Subaru, okay, like you said, right, cars had become this thing of, like, creative expression and, like, like something that you wanted to express yourself. So why a Subaru? Why the Subaru that you bought? So I wanted something that was fast, uh, that was cool, that was four doors, and also, uh, oh, I liked four-wheel drive. So mm-hmm. that left me with the choice of the Subaru WRX or STI, the Lancer Evolution, uh, the Mitsubishi, uh, Mitsubishi mm-hmm. Lancer Evo, and uh, or like a, maybe an older Eclipse, sometimes some Dodges and stuff. But none of those really appealed so to me. Other why, than the, what the, those factors? What what? Why why those things? Like why four wheel drive? I don't even four wheel drive for snow. I wanted to go for uh... the snow and also. At the time, I was looking into it. Everything was either front-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive, right? 
sports cars are known to be rear wheel drive cars and front engine rear drive. And then, um, but there were saying, there's a lot of videos at the time, a lot of hype, four wheel drive, a lot of grip, you know, a lot of propulsion off of all four wheels. Um, and like just the tuner scene was really big at the time, I feel like. And so, yeah, it just led me to go like, yeah. And also what's in my price range. Mm, so was that was that where the Subaru came in, right? It was like everything. Everything just happened to like filter down into like, yeah, it's Japanese, so it's gonna be reliable. Question mark. <laughs> you know what's honestly? I'm pretty sure I knew that Subaru was Japanese, but when you just said that, it sounded like new information to me. <laughs> like, uh huh. Yeah, and then so that like uh, I couldn't afford the STI because the uh -huh. STI was the more high performance. There was markup, it's too expensive. Evo, same thing. Like mm -hmm. they, those were the two on the class, and then. But I was like, you know what? The WRX is like a little cheaper on insurance. Uh, you know, the parts are. I mean, the cars are more available, right. and so and also the WRX came started in two thousand two to three. Uh, yeah, two thousand two and three was the one that I owned. O two O three, and then the STI came in O four, but. Everything 04 and newer WRX or STI was just out of my price range altogether. So I was like, you know what? To the Bug Eye WRX, that's my ticket. Checked every box. And then I found one that the owner was just meticulous. Like he literally had, he owned it for seven years and he had like a binder full of all his maintenance records. And I was wow. like, you're a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because now I would think that that was you. <laughs> yeah, it's all app based now, but yeah. 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 Like, if there's anyone I know that keeps track of everything, right, that he's done. So, how did that, did it, did it feel like, because I know for me, like, the first time I got, like, you know, a car of my own that I had chosen, right? It really felt like, I don't know, like I was an adult, right? Like, how did that feel for you, you know, at that time of your life when you're like, wow, I, I get this car that really is what I want. And you're talking about Subaru? Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's not yet, right? No, no, it's definitely the Subaru. That one was the one that I relate to most as being like, like, like wow, this was like, it's like everything in my life right now. Hmm. This, there's nothing in the world that compares kind of that feeling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that car. And... Wait, sorry, so why, what was the question? Why, why was that? I'm, I'm curious. Like, why was there something like at that time that just made that like really special? Um, you know, I think it had to do with like working. So I, I was working and I saved up money for it. Mm. So that was a big factor. My mom also, uh, you know, gave me some money. So she, it was almost like a trust thing, mm -hmm. right? Where like I earned money. She trusted me to get a smart purchase Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then, <laughs> then she was like what is this <laughs> why yeah. is it so loud <laughs> more like at the time she thought it was just too many miles but because uh -huh. it was like hundred fifty thousand miles when i bought it but uh yeah other than that like i mean it was cool like it was loud it had you know some sound to it it was a manual i mean my beamer was a manual transmission as well but it was a uh, you know it just everything was done it like you know the guy before me he had modified it too so i don't know it just oh. i felt and, like it was so right right and i think <laughs> when, when we met you were still driving that subaru right because that was right before you right. bought the m3 
Yep. <laughs> the bad ROI <laughs> license plate yes. M3 yep. that now JSON, our friend, has. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So then as you are, like, becoming, right, this car guy, obviously people at your church, right, like, were, were people asking you for help? Was that something that you, like, volunteered? Like, hey, I'll, I'll teach you how to do oil changes or whatever. What was that yeah, so actually, um, even in college, all the KCM people knew me as the car guy. Uh, my neighbors all knew me as the car guy. Like, it just happened to be, like, uh, like my favorite pastime. I had, mm -hmm. like, I could spend hours outside just doing it. And, yeah, and I had, like I said, a lot of um, good influences. Um, I've had, I specifically remember this neighbor. Uh, his name was John. And he was a mechanic for USPS for a long time in New York. Mm. But I remember uh, like he would just, my garage is open, his garage is open kind of thing. He'd just walk on in and what are you working on this week? And then he had like all the tools that, you know, like, I mean, a lot of people at church think I have a lot of tools for cars, mm. but my collection didn't even compare to what he had, you know? So anytime I needed anything, I'm always just knocking on his door. Hey, Mr. John, can you, can you, uh, can you lend me some tools or can you uh, show me some, give me some advice on how to uh, tackle this thing, you know? Right. And, you know, he was always so willing. And so I almost felt like I needed to do the same thing for anyone around me because mm. I, I really did feel like um, going to the mechanic and, and whatnot, it was a very expensive and, you know, there's that, that kind of uh, image that they have, of they're going to swindle you. Right. And, it happens and it's not, it's not wrong. You know, people do get swindled because it's a business, right. you know? And so when I know, when I like know that I, I, I can't help, but just to go, Hey, let me help you. At least let me guide you. Let me help, uh, you know, like at least uh, break it down. So you know what you're getting yourself into. Right. Confident. Yeah. And I would say like, you know, even you coming to ANCC, which I would love to, I mean, I would love for you to share kind of how you ended up moving churches but that was like a thing that definitely helped you to connect, right? Like, you know, to connect with people once it was like, oh, you know, like, hey, he's helping out with this car. Can you help me too? And, you know, you're standing around, you're always like chatting. Um, so yeah, I, think I would love to know, A, you know, like when, especially when you were moving into a new community like ANCC and building mm -hmm. those relationships, you know, what are those benefits like? What or Maybe what benefit, what relational benefits do you see by being willing to help people like with their cars? You know, so funny thing was um, with the move to ANC or ANCC, like before when I was at GNC and Dag actually was there, mm -hmm. uh, but our praise, our yeah, praise, like, our worship, our worship pastor. Yeah, worship uh, pastor. Worship yeah, and so he was. Uh, like I held a class there, how to do oil changes, maintenance stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, it didn't go well. It was very um, kind of like, what is it called? Disheartening for sure. Mm -hmm. And I realized though, that it, this isn't like a group learning activity. Mm. You have one car and everyone's going to crowd around and try to like, learn. And every car is different. You know, it's more meaningful when it's your car. And yeah. so, like, that was kind of a big eye-opener, too. But, like, um, I, I do feel like 
coming to ANCC for like the first year, I don't think I really helped anyone much with cars. Really? People, people kind of knew, but like it was actually when I met uh, Christian, Justin, and um, like a new. I, I think people. when my when my car broke down, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but like when people were finally like, when I found that group that we hmm. clicked, people kind of started noticing that there's a group now. It wasn't just one mm. person. When it's one person, you get lost in the crowd. Right. But when it was a group, and like Christian and I were, you know, going up to the mountains and enjoying the the canyon roads and whatnot, it was like, uh, you know, that did help really uh, plug me in into mm. finding a community of my own, I feel mm. like. And then for other people to approach us because it's just so easy, you know, like mm. people knew other people through, you know, the other connections that they had. Right. And it was, um, yeah, in that sense, it worked out. Yeah, that's funny because, you know, as a pastor, right, former pastor at ANC, but still, you know, as a pastor, I think we often, we're often thinking about how do we build community as groups, but even like your experience with cars, it's like, a group community is built through individual relationships, <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, there is no car class that suddenly builds a car community, right? It's individuals that have that interest. Um, sure. Yeah, and on, so on the flip side, right? Like, does it get annoying? <laughs> like, does it get annoying mm-hmm. people always asking you for help? If so, like, what makes that annoying? <laughs> You know, for me, uh, I think it comes down to as long as the other person is willing to try, like is really giving it an effort, I don't mind. But if you're expecting me to do the work for you, then that's when I do get a little bit more annoyed. Mm -hmm. But as long as you're willing to get your hands dirty and and you're trying to learn and then next time I'll be out there with you, you know, I mean, you had firsthand experience, (laughs) but it's like next time I'm not going to be under the car. I'll, I'll be on top, you know, you know, scoping you out, you know, and answering your questions, handing you the wrenches that you, you know, you need, mm-hmm. but soon I want you to be able to just do it yourself and then teach someone else. Yeah. That's my like idea of cars, I guess. <laughs> Which I, I personally, like, I love because it's like, you know, it's what a discipleship is basically, right? Like, <laughs> you know, you're just a car discipleship, uh, uh, kind of person. Um, I, you know, outside of church, right? Like, do you feel like no, having this hobby, right? This passion, right? How does that, has it helped you to connect with people, you know, strangers or coworkers or anything like that? Yeah, actually it, it did. Um, uh, a lot of neighbors love the fact that I was like a car guy when I was in, uh, living with my parents, I lived in like this uh, community. It was like a square, you know, the mm-hmm. road was a square and all the houses were, you know, around that square mm-hmm. inside and whatnot. And uh, I was right in the front. So anytime and, and any of the neighbors left or came in, they'd see me washing my car, wrenching on something. I waved to everyone. Mm-hmm. They all knew me, mm-hmm. you know? And so they were like, Oh yeah, you're like free security. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. You know, I'm <laughs> talking to guys I like, don't know. <laughs> But yeah, so in that sense, and also in my business, right? Because I'm a sales rep, uh, a lot of guys like cars. And it's just easy. Like, it doesn't matter how far into cars you are, or like, you know, if you just like them for being aesthetically pleasing, mm-hmm. you know? Or like, you know, that, that's a funny thing. It's like some, you know, you think people that are into cars, 
like are just people that are like oh i love the horsepower the engine the you know the design but it's not even that like you know you like your red you know uh what's it called bright kia. red scion or kia yeah but for my scion but now the kia soul the boxcar yeah. hamster because it's like a the hamster car you know it's square uh-huh. it's, it's kind of quirky you know some people like their cars for the seats the interior it's like oh it just feels so comfortable right. some is like you know, sound it's system like, yeah it's like there's so many things pertaining to it hmm. that you can like and uh, you know some people it's just it's just all over the place but right. like it's something that's a common interest that i feel like has connected me with a lot of people for sure yeah. It's funny because it reminds me a lot of like fashion because there's like always people in like people that will say like, oh, I'm not really into fashion. But then the response is everyone's into fashion. It's just mm-hmm. maybe you haven't thought about why do you pick your fashion? Right? Yeah, what's but, your fashion? Yeah. 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 But anybody that's bought a car before has made a decision, right? Like, and I feel like that's an interesting, you know, why that car, right? Yep. Um, and there's it's so many that. stories there. Uh, you know, so it's it's crazy because, and we talked a little bit about this before, but like you clearly love cars. And when we were all growing up, you know, we were all told, find the thing you love and make that your career. Were you ever tempted to be like, maybe cars should be my career? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like without a doubt. You know, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, like, how can I make this? Because they always also say on top of that, it's like, you know, uh, make that like your your career and you know, you'll never work a day in your life or whatever, you know, that, that same. Right. Yeah. And, but I was like, you know, I don't want to have grease and grime in my fingers and my hair every day. That's, that's not my part of my uh, career plan. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, and when I talked to like mechanic friends, they were like, you know, it's, it's fun when you work on your own car, hmm. but when you're working on a customer's car and they didn't take care of it the way that you did, but they want you just to fix it, you know? And then it's just like, now it's just work and your hobby, your passion dies. Mm. And so, and then I've been offered jobs to sell cars. Right. Right. But I didn't want to have that bell to bell life, which is what they call it. Nine, 9.00 AM to 9.00 PM. And you stay until uh, the deal is closed or you come in on your day off just so that you can get your commission. And I didn't want that kind of life. Wow. Yeah. I think that's, you know, really interesting. I've always thought from your perspective, right? Like where lifestyle matters too, right? Like we always tell kids, like, find your passion, find the things you're interested in. But I do think, you know, in your life, I would definitely see like your, the life you wanted <laughs> mattered, right? Yeah. It wasn't just the work. <laughs> it was like, what is the life that I want? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So you had the Subaru for a long time. Okay. And then you were in sales and you started making more money. So you got an M3 or, you know, wait, wait, when does the motorcycle come in? Motorcycle came in, um, that was in 2016. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, I had the Subaru. I bought another Subaru, uh, as a, as a daily driver. Cause I didn't want to wrap up <laughs> my nice Subaru. <laughs> and then... And so I did that. I used that to commute to UCR my last year. Mm-hmm. And then when I got my first job uh, at Sherwin Williams, I sold it, found a buyer, sold it for more than I made it, uh, you know, I bought it for. And then is that I because, it, is this because you were like maintaining it and modding it and everything? You know, fun, that's another story is uh, I have one of my best friends still currently. Um, he found a deal 
where some guy needed, uh, it was like a very soft after Subaru, mm -hmm. but he had two of them and he wanted, um, the broken one fixed. So he had, he bought a new engine, but he needed someone to put in the engine and the transmission and whatever. Mm -hmm. But he had another broken one sitting on the side, which was the one I bought. He's like, uh -huh. Hey, if you do this work for me, then I'll sell you that car for 1500 bucks. And oh, so uh -huh. this friend of mine let me know and he's like, Hey, I'll put in the work with you, you know? And so we did, we did that. And then my car, we rebuilt the engine, everything. And then we put it all together and drove it off. And it was uh, it was a week's worth of spring break. Wow. Uh, all that labor. And I felt so bad, you know, cause uh, he did a lot of the work, <laughs> more work than I did for sure. And so, uh, but yeah, I, I, that's how I got that car. And then when I got my job, I sold it for like 4,000 bucks. And then uh, I bought myself an Audi. Really? That was, Wait. That was actually ROI number one. <laughs> that ROI number uh -huh. one. <laughs> uh -huh. But yeah, so I bought that one as my uh, congratulations to myself for getting a, a big boy job. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so I did that. And having just one car payment, and a salary, I was thinking, okay, it's not bad, not bad. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. Audi, it was just causing me too many problems. Mm -hmm. My my PSA, never buy an Audi. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I just lost a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> Audi was gonna sponsor this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, so I uh, I sold that one. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had, I was back to just having my Subaru, mm -hmm. old, old faithful. And then I was like, I'm bored with just having one car. I've always wanted a motorcycle, went to the dealership. I looked up the price. I was like, wow, it's not that bad. $10,000. That's, that's totally affordable, brand new. Mm -hmm. And so ended up uh, going behind my parents' back to get my <laughs> motorcycle license. Uh huh had my sister take me to the dealership and I rode <laughs> off with the motorcycle. <laughs> what, what did, when, when did your parents find out? <laughs> the very, okay. So that's a funny story. So, um, they, they didn't know. I didn't tell them. My dad's one rule in my house, in his house was you can do almost anything. Just don't get a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> prodigal son. You are prodigal son. <laughs> And so but I, uh, yeah, I went to Mount Sac and I started taking the class. I kind of was leaving these little breadcrumbs of a trail of hints. Mm -hmm. I left like the helmet that I was using on my passenger seat, which I parked inside the garage. So I'm like, you should know, right? Anyway, we had dinner as a family one day. And then I was like, um, and because he said not in his house, right? So I was like, dad. I think I'm, I'm going to be moving out. He's like, why all of a sudden, right? Like nothing's changing for you. Why? And then I was like, he's like, you're going to get a motorcycle, aren't you? I was like, <laughs> I was like, how'd you know? I was like, you are, you, you are definitely my dad. You know me. Uh -huh. I even gave him a high five at dinner. He laughed. I laughed. We had a great time. Right. And then the very next day I went and bought the motorcycle. And he <laughs> flipped out. <laughs> he was like, I didn't mean right now. Yeah. He, he flipped out. He uh, he is a very calm, cool, and collected kind of guy, and he hardly yells. But that was one of the times he did yell, <laughs> and enough to the point where my mom is usually the yeller, 
but she was very calm and she's like okay let's see it and she was she was very supportive just because i had already signed the papers it's not like you could return you know a motor vehicle <laughs> that's true it already depreciated <laughs> the second already. you drove it off that roi um always <laughs> so you know like it's interesting to me like in this period you know as you're making money um because i think that it kind of you know every person that goes through that when they start to make their own money I think what that money means for them starts to take on a new form. And you are a person who, I wouldn't say like you're frugal or you're stingy, but I would say that you are definitely a person that is aware of every dollar, right? Like you are aware mm -hmm. of how much that money means, right? So, yes. you know, as you were getting multiple cars, right? Because, <laughs> you know, like I think some people wouldn't understand that. Right. So what was that thought process like for you in terms of this is what I want to because, you know, I think people who are frivolous with money, you kind of understand. But for you, you're like, you're not frivolous with your money. Right. What was that thought process like of this is where I want to spend it? <laughs> not that I didn't want to be, you know, frivolous. Uh -huh. with my money. <laughs> yeah, we all we, <laughs> we all wish we could be. Yeah, for sure. I had three car payments that I didn't. <laughs> splurging on other things. But uh no, I, I truly believe, and especially at that time, um, I'm an experienced type of guy. Like I want it experience so I don't regret. Hmm. And so, uh, yeah, it it did mean that I was going to incur like a lot more payments, mm -hmm. but I wanted the experience so that when I did get married and stuff, I'm not going off and telling my wife, hey, I want to go buy a, a potentially life-threatening uh, vehicle on two wheels. <laughs> Let me threaten my <laughs> life before I marry you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what? If I make it, then great. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was it was more of that kind of thing. And, and yeah, like I think everyone has a passion. Everyone has a hobby that you do spend money on. And what good is money? You can't take it to heaven. You can't, you know, like. Mm -hmm. And and you know what? When God calls us, that's when we're coming home. That's mm -hmm. not guaranteed, you know. And so I I wanted that you know, experience really. And, uh, you know, God gave me the ability to ride a motorcycle well. And so I'm going to do it and give me a passion to tinker on cars. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I think people usually associate like sports car drivers with being reckless and, I'm, and there are, right. There are reckless sports car drivers, mm -hmm. but it's like driving with you or even like driving with Christian. It's like the most careful experience. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm like always, very astounded by that. And in terms of the experience, you know, like I, so it's funny, your BMW, I actually rode in for the first time, not with you, but with Song who bought it. Um, and I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> like, cause I'm always like, it just goes fast, right? Like my car goes fast, right? But what do you feel like, you know, when you were driving like fast cars, even like the motorcycle, what about that experience was enjoyable for you that maybe, you know, I think people that are just like, it's just fast, right? How would you describe that experience? I think it came down to um, the engineering behind it. I was always very amazed at like how people made this 400 pound little, you know, mimic of a horse, you know, uh, technologically, you know, technological horse, mm -hmm. whatever, uh, mechanical horse, sorry, there you go. Mm -hmm. But uh, that to go zero to 60 in three seconds and handle and you can lay it like you're like like laying it down on the road practically to make a turn and things like that you know there's physics behind it there's 
mechanical engineering behind it. There's like so much going on and it's like, and to just combine that all in one to make it so like perfect, it's crazy. I thought it was like a technical ability to ride a motorcycle as well. And then uh, even the M3, it's like, yeah, you can, everyone can go 80, you know, miles an hour down the highway, but it's like, how, like when you're going 80, how smooth is it when you're taking, but not only are you going 80 on the highway, but I was all of a sudden, all of a sudden able to take a, like a ramp or a corner at 80 as well, you know, or even faster if I wanted to. And it's just like, how is a car able to do that? You know, like, and that's the experience that like, it wasn't the straight line. It wasn't the speed, the launching off the, the you know, from a stoplight that never really um, made me like amazed, mm-hmm. but it was when I threw it into a corner and people are just like, how is, how are we not in the side of the wall right now? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm sorry uh, to be a reckless driver at in some parts of the roads that uh-huh. shouldn't, I shouldn't have been. But, <laughs> but for the most like, part, very careful, very careful. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, I, I take driving very seriously. You know, I think it's a very, it's a privilege for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't try to text and drive. I, it's funny. My girlfriend gets mad at me for uh, me, you know, Get, like getting on her case for texting <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very, I'm very conscious of that kind of stuff because uh-huh. I really do. It, you're driving a machine that can, I mean, that has taken so many lives, mm. you know, and just because of our carelessness. And it's not the machine; it's us. We're piloting it. It's mm. a very big privilege. And but, uh, but yeah, going back to it, I definitely, I think, cars. It's like my truck currently like wow like you could take big bumps and like you know it, it just uh holds so much it can tow eleven thousand pounds like wow that's crazy you know out of an engine that's the same size as it was back in the day yeah you know? like every time i see those like trucks like hauling like boats and stuff right i'm just like mm-hmm. dang yeah i would never need that <laughs> i would never <laughs> need that but what if i did need that you know, and you know, that's, that's what sells the what ifs. <laughs> <laughs> the salesman tactics, you know. You know, I, I have a truck that can do that, you know, total 11,000 pounds, and all I really haul is my golf clubs on a daily basis. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, one final question before we end, you know, because mm-hmm. like right now, your car inventory is very low, right? Or yes. lower, you've got a truck and you've got a, what's, what's the other car? Right? Just a motorcycle, yeah. Right? And were you, were you thinking about selling, uh, anyways, right? Um, but, yes, I'm trying to sell bike too. <laughs> yeah, so if anyone wants a bike, right, right now, just don't tell your dads. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I feel like, you know, I know right now you're in a very transitioning period of your life. Like, where do you see cars maybe right now or even like, you know, kind of coming up in your future, what role does that play in your life? You know, I think that role is going to be just that uh, at this point, I see priorities being uh, currently, you know, getting settling down. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I can't do that with more car payments and trying to live. I've, I've been very fortunate to mm-hmm. have that experience already had the M3 I've had nine cars, or, you know, in my uh, history is nine cars under my belt, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, you know, not everyone has that opportunity, and I'm very, very thankful for that and blessed for that. But uh, 
you know, I think I can, I'm okay with taking, letting that take a back seat for now. And then in the future, when I have, you know, uh, what is it called? Fun money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, get a, I'll get something else. And I'll, I think it'll make me appreciate it more again then. Hmm. But I think, uh, as, as you know me, I'm a very prioritized guy. And that is not my priority at the moment. So yeah. I still love tinkering on my truck. And, you know, I'm glad that I have a truck that is kind of cool that I can mm -hmm. do that on. So that is taking my uh, my attention off of, like, having sports cars and stuff. But it's, um, yeah, it's it's not my priority at the moment. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's, you know, always a good thing to think about with our hobbies, right? Like, part of what makes them our hobbies is we enjoy them in the moment, right? And being grateful for those moments and then... Yeah, maybe those moments won't be the same in the future, but there'll be new ones, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, and if your car was bright, bright red, then I would be right there with you. <laughs> I just, uh, that, that Ford red, man, that's all I want. I want that Ford red. I don't care about cars as much as I care about the color of the car. Maybe I'll wrap that thing, uh, my, my truck in red, just for you one day. Yeah, and, I'll, <laughs> uh, and, and then I'll, I'll be like, take my money, I'll buy it from you. <laughs> Give me the binder full of your maintenance. <laughs> Give me the map. Um, well, David, thank you so much uh, for talking with us. And if anybody out there needs help with their cars, ask David, and he will tell you somebody else that he's taught who will help you. <laughs> <laughs> including myself, including myself. All right, thanks, thanks David.